My name is Thomas Malchow. I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. I've worked with hundreds of Olympic and professional athletes. I can help you become better at golf. What's up, guys? My name is Thomas Malchow, and welcome to the Train Fully podcast, where we'll dive deep into golf fitness, meeting with professionals, experts, and amateurs from around the world to help you gain an edge in your game. To learn more about Train Fully and our innovative at-home program, go to trainfully.com. Use promo code GOLF10 for a 10% discount. Today's episode is about low back pain. We'll be speaking with Brian Montgomery. He's a teaching professional and a low back pain survivor. We'll talk a little bit about his experience and how he recovered, but the majority of the show is dedicated to you, the listener. What I want you to get from this episode is a better understanding as to why your back hurts, what the root causes are, and what you can do to fix those root causes, get yourself out of pain, and improve your swing. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So you and I have known each other now for about, what, a, a year and a half, I think? Yeah, about a year and a half, maybe close to two. We're getting close Years? to January. Yeah. And you had originally reached out to me on Instagram because you're having a hard time with your back. Can you please describe what it was you were going through during that time? Yeah, so... It was a pretty rough time, honestly. I know uh, a buddy of mine was following you on Instagram and actually started doing a lot of your workouts, um, a lot of your your training exercises. And he sent it to me because he knew I text him all the time. And what ended up happening was I had three years of some serious back issues that correlated to finally being bedridden. Uh, so at uh, 32 years old, I became bedridden. And so my buddy's like trying to do everything for me. And he's like, look, you need to reach out to this guy. And I remember I reached out to you and I basically said in my message, direct message was like, I just need to walk again. That's it. Uh, I already have I already have my surgery scheduled to be able, because at that point, I mean, I'm in bed. There's, there's no other solution at that point. But I was also like, I need to find the long-term solution to fix this. Uh, and that's, you know, that's how I reached out to you was through, yeah, Instagram, which was funny. Well, it's funny what it's turned into just by a, a direct message on Instagram. Absolutely. Became pretty good friends and definitely, I think for sure, one of my favorite people to talk to about golf. And we're going to talk about what you and I worked on specifically after you had your surgery. But what I want to do first is, is help the listeners with their issues. Cause I think there's probably a lot of people right now who are suffering with back pain, probably not to the degree that you were, although there may be some. Um, and when it comes to back pain, it's really difficult, if not impossible to recover from it, if you don't know what's causing it, because low back pain, chronic low back pain is really a repeated series of acute injuries, which means you're doing something every day that's hurting your back, or at least on the days that your back's hurting. And so let's, identify what some of these things are. Let's separate back pain into three main groups. We'll have disc pain, which is what you had, um, facet joint pain, which is what I suffer from sometimes. And then we'll talk about non-specific pain and we'll help the people identify 
what, or we'll give examples of what each type of pain feels like so that they know, is there pain, disc pain, is it facet joint pain, or is it nonspecific? 95% of the people who have low back pain will fall into one of those three groups. Okay, so we'll start with the disc pain. Why don't you describe what it was, because I'm, I'm chuckling here a little bit, and it's just because I know how much pain you're in. So can you describe what it was you were feeling? <laughs> well, so I'll start kind of like at the beginning. Uh, as me and you have gotten to know each other, I've learned the lesson of I, I've played golf my entire life. And me and you have talked about the fact that I've worked my spine to where it's more of a rota rotational speed mechanism versus a lifting weights. Um, but at 29 years old, when this all started, I wasn't thinking of any of that, didn't know any of that. And I was moving and I decided to lift the washer up a set of steps. The pain I felt, because I hear, I basically felt three pops happen in my back. And then I just felt this instant pain go down my left leg. And it went from my hip joint all the way to my ankle. And at that point, that's what put me on the ground. That was my first experience of what I would call true pain. And that's the first year and a half I was doing like physical therapy and trying to work through it. I was walking hunched over and that pain never went away. It was a constant, just constant pain. And even whenever I quote unquote got better, there was this constant pressure in my left hip. And then two and a half years into it, I was feeling yet again, young and dumb, I guess, but I still had the pressure in my left hip and I decided to help my wife shovel rocks in our driveway. Next morning I wake up, can't move. Pain is back down the left leg. And was it down the back of the left leg or, or where could you describe or? Yeah, it starts. So the back of the left hip and then it runs right down the kind of back inside of the thigh, right underneath of the knee on the backside and then down your calf. And then it rolls, it feels like it rolls out to your outside of your ankle. Um, and it's just the, the sheer pain of it is nothing. I've, I, I wouldn't wish it on my enemy. Um, yeah. and I'll just jump in here for a sec. What, what yeah, Brian's yeah. describing is the, and we'll talk about the anatomy of the disc here in a little bit, but the compression of the sciatic nerve uh, when you compress the nerve in your spine, anywhere that nerve goes, it, you're going to have pain. And so the fact that the pain was going all the way down Brian's leg tells us that it was a severe compression, that his injury was quite bad. The further down the leg that the pain or the numbness goes, the worse the injury is. So you can jump back in here, right? Yeah, no, what kind I mean, of activities, what, did you notice any activities that made it worse or, or better? So... I couldn't sit like it got to a point where I just couldn't sit. So the, the, the uh, motion of where you bend at your hips, even in a sitting motion where you're not leaning over was getting difficult. The idea of leaning over at that point was I, I could not lean over. There was no way I was going to lean over. I figured I'd just topple over and smack my face on the floor or yeah. something like that. And, and that was the thing, like if I laid, so if I laid on my stomach, which is how I laid for eight weeks, it was the only way that I could relieve. Oh, yes. Okay. So let's now I'm going to jump in here and explain why, because 
that's the thing if, if, with disc pain, if it's a disc bulge or a disc herniation, typically sitting, tying your shoes what, during this time, if I told you to bend over and tie your shoes, what would have went through your brain? <laughs> I would have told you I'm not reaching them. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> way. So let's, let's first to start our conversation here with what a disc is. So there are five discs in the lumbar spine if we include L5, S1, and each disc connects two vertebrae together, which makes it a joint. And specifically, it's a fibrocartilaginous joint, which means that it's made up of collagen fibers. Now, the disc itself consists of two parts. We have an outer ring and an inner nucleus. And that outer ring is kind of a little bit more tough. It's a tough exterior. It's made up of the collagen fibers, like I said, 15 to 25 layers. The, the inner nucleus is made up of a gel. Okay. Now, when we sit, I should also mention that the disc is mostly fluid. So it's shape and height and whatnot can change during the day, depending on what kind of activities we're doing. When we sit, we put our, our spine into flexion, right? And I'm talking about sitting with a slouched over posture. We put our, our spine into flexion, which means that the vertebrae pinch together in the front. And this is like pinching a tube of uh, toothpaste. If you squeeze one end, the toothpaste yeah. goes out the other side, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So when we slouch and bend over forward, we increase this hydrostatic pressure on the front of the disc, which pushes the gel out the back. And if that pressure is high enough or sustained for long enough, the gel can actually make its way through that outer ring and make a little bump. And that bump is a disc bulge. And if it tears right through, like it did with, with you, Brian, that's a disc herniation. So anytime you bend forward and increase that hydrostatic pressure, it's like squeezing that tube of toothpaste and that bulge or that herniation increases. The, these discogenic injuries, the herniations and bulges are dynamic. Their size changes depending on what type of activity you're doing. If you're bending over, you're going to increase the bulge. If you're laying on your stomach, which you found automatically to be the pain relieving posture, you're not only reducing the pressure inside the disc, but you're also allowing gravity to take that gel and sort of return it back to the center of the disc. So the, the bulge actually minimizes or can even disappear pretty quickly. Of course, once you stand up and you start moving again, you fall into that flex spine posture, it's going, going to come back. Um, so I'll let you jump in here again. So I remember you telling me that you were you had to, was it lay in the back of the car on your stomach to go to the doctor? Yeah. So that's the thing is I, I live and you know, I, I live in the middle of nowhere. So for me to get to a hospital that's worthy of looking at a spine, it takes about an hour and a half drive. There was no way I was going to be in a sitting position for an hour and a half. I couldn't take it for five minutes. And so we laid the seats back down in the van and I ended up throwing a pillow back there and I just laid on my stomach as my wife is driving me to the hospital. It was the only way that I could do it. And even whenever we would get to the hospital, you know, they would offer you a wheelchair. And I was like, look, I'd rather kind of lean against the wall. Cause the thing is, is like, at that point, I had also let, lost most of my feeling from the knee down in my left foot. So that's really what caused a lot of problems, even with walking and getting around outside of just the pure pain that I was in at that point. But it was the fact that I couldn't, <laughs> I, I had no, I had very little feeling in that left foot. 
And so I'm leaning against the wall and walking rather than in a wheelchair because that, again, the sitting position at that point was, I was in screaming agony if I had to do that. If when, as this was developing, well, yours is pretty, an, a pretty acute injury where you had an episode actually caused it. So it wasn't like a slow progressing um, situation with the bulge. But for the people listening right now, obviously Brian's situation is, is pretty extreme. It's not that uncommon to have that type of pain. Um, but most people who have a disc injury aren't going to have that level of pain. Most people are going to have a little bit of numbness or pain down their leg from time to time. If you're curious as to whether or not this is the type of pain that you fall into, what you can do is just ask yourself, does it hurt? Does my pain increase after say 15, 20 minutes of sitting? Does it hurt if to tie my shoes? Um, does it hurt to drive? Driving is especially problematic because of the vibration of the vehicle. The discs, like I said, they're mostly fluid. And so because their shape can change, the vibration from the vehicle sort of accelerates that changing uh, shape or height of the disc and, and can certainly make it worse. Plus you're using your feet, so you don't have feet supporting you, right? You're using the pedals, so that increases the pressure on the disc. If this is you, the, what you can do if you're quite symptomatic, as Brian found out, you can lay on your stomach for three to five minutes, uh, take the pressure off the disc, allow that gel to return back to the center of the spine, and that will really help. Now, in, in addition to that, we want to limit the amount of time that you're spent, you spend sitting. Obviously, sitting is a big part of most of our lives. We can't take it out of our day, but what we can do is get a lumbar support, support for our chair and limit our, our sitting to 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, get up and move around. 15 minutes is actually the magic number because the changes in the shape of the disc start to occur after 20 minutes. And they've actually measured this with MRIs. So after 20 minutes, the disc is starting to change. The pressure is starting to cause these changes that increase the size of the bulge. If you get up every 15 minutes, you, you negate a lot of that. And we're going to talk more about what um, specifically Brian and I worked on afterwards to, to keep him out of pain. But I want to move on to the next uh, pain category here, facet joint pain. And so this is the type of pain that I get from time to time. And I'm going to give you an example of, of something that happened to me recently. In the summer, we drove up, my wife and I drove up to see my parents and it's a 10 hour drive. And I don't really, I used to have a lot of low back pain, but obviously I, I take care of it now and stay on top of it. But uh, this is a long drive. I hadn't driven this far in a long time. And the reason we were driving, of course, because of COVID. And uh, after about five hours, I had to fill up with gas. Didn't really notice any real discomfort in my back. But when I got out of the car, I went to stand up. Man, it was I couldn't stand up. I had to like take, it literally took me 30 seconds to slowly extend my spine because it hurt so bad. And then, so we moved around. Are you feeling the pain in your spine? In the spine, right in the center of the spine. Yeah. So that was the difference. I wasn't feeling any pain in the spine. So that's, that's a very different. And actually, and that's another thing going back to the disc pain. Most people, again, like with, with disc injuries, the worse the injury is, the further down the leg goes and people actually won't have pain in their leg. But as the injury improves, like you had surgery to repair yours. And then we worked on maintaining your posture and all that afterwards. But for people who 
who uh, use therapy to recover from a disc bulge. As the bulge improves, the pain goes up the leg and eventually is in the low back. And so people were like, oh, no, my back never hurt before. What's going on? My back hurts now. Well, that's called centralization. And that's actually the goal of the therapy with, with disc injuries is to have the pain move out of the leg and into the back. And then it removes from the back as well. But yeah, so extending was just like the sharp pain right in the center of my low back. And then we got back into the car, drove the rest of the way, and then was in a lot of discomfort trying to get out of that car again. And I remember walking kind of the first five steps, five to 10 steps, sort of slowly getting a little more extension each time. And what I was feeling, that's the facet joints. So the facet joints are in the spine as well. They come in pairs and there's one at each level. So in the lumbar spine, there's five pairs. And these are gliding joints. So they're, they can open and close. They're, the reason they're there is to facilitate flexion and extension and to limit, limit rotation. So they help provide stability. When we're flexed, when I'm sitting and driving, I'm in a flex spine posture and the facet joints are open. So they're not in very, the joint surfaces are not in close proximity to each other. And remember after 20 minutes, the, the disc starts to change shape. This is called discogenic creep. And so I don't notice this because I don't have a disc bulge. So I'm not feeling anything. I'm feeling okay. But the shape of the disc is starting to change. And because of that changing shape, an anterior load from flex spine posture, that top vertebrae or vertebra in each pair starts to move forward just a little bit. And I don't notice this, of course. And then I get out of the car and I go to stand up. And when you extend your spine, the facet joints close. But now they, the joint surfaces don't line up because I've been sitting and the top vertebra has migrated forward a little bit. So the joint surfaces grind past each other as I extend and stand up. And that's that grinding of the facet joint surfaces that hurts. And so if you're curious as to whether or not you have facet joint pain, you're going to notice that it's going to hurt to extend your spine. It's not going to hurt to flex. In fact, flexing and sort of sitting down will feel better for you. Um, extending is going to hurt. If you crouch down to do something and you go to stand back up, you're going to get a, you know, a hard time doing that. And so for strategies to limit facet joint pain, they're very similar to the disc bulge because the root cause again is discogenic. It's that discogenic creep. So you want to get a lumbar support for your chair. You want to get up every 15 minutes. Again, this discogenic creep starts to settle in after about 20 minutes. So get up every 15 minutes. Now for driving, this is not possible, right? So what I should have done is stopped every hour and just got out and walked around for 30 seconds. And I bet you that would have probably done enough repair to reset the alignment of the spine where I wouldn't have had the issues that uh, I had. And we're going to talk more about the strategies that I use to keep out of pain. This is an issue that I have, as I said, the facet joint issues. We'll talk about that in a little bit because it's the same strategies that we use for the disc issues. But what I want to do now, move on to the third category here, non-specific pain. So we have disc pain, hurts with flexion, uh, facet joint pain, hurts with extension. Non-specific pain is different. So I'll give you an example of non-specific pain and, and most people fall into non-specific pain. And I think we've all experienced it. This is where 
your back starts to hurt after say a few rounds of golf. And there's a, a gentleman that reached out to me He's a professional golfer and he was having a hard time at the end of tournament. So he would enter into a tournament, play good day one, two, three, by day four, his back would start to hurt and he would fall apart. His performance would really decrease. And it was all because of pain. And because this was his livelihood, this was starting to really affect his family and his well-being as well. So he had gone to the doctor. They checked everything out. They couldn't find any specific reason for his back to hurt. This is why it's called non-specific. So he reached out to me. We did an assessment. And from that assessment, I could determine that he had some imbalances in his posture. And those imbalances were creating altered movement in his swing. And that altered movement was increasing wear and tear on his joints and connective tissue. And it was that that was causing the pain. So to stop his pain, we had to fix his imbalances. And um, this is the same sort of thing that you and I worked on after you had your surgery and you were cleared to begin uh, therapy. What we did is we, we worked a lot on posture. Is that really, whether you have disc pain, facet joint pain or non-specific pain, it's the posture that has to be improved. But I've always been curious because you were in a lot of pain. You were you, what was going through your head when the doctor cleared you to begin therapy? <laughs> it was, I mean, I was nervous because all of a sudden after basically three years of some, as the pain got worse over those three years and all of a sudden have, I mean, honestly, I, I got out of surgery and I had no pain. I, I thought a miracle had happened. I was like, they, they gave me the pills because, you know, there's an incision in my back. So they're like, yeah, we cut through some muscle to get there and everything. And I'm sitting there going, I'm in less pain because of that tiny little incision that I have been in three years. I didn't even care about any of that. But so eight weeks down the road, all of a sudden there's clearance to be able to start working on things. And I was nervous. I mean, honestly, like we've talked about before, I was, I've never been the person to do a good job of taking care of my body, which is probably why after uh, many years of trying to swing as hard as I can and then go from, it's funny you mentioned driving because that's, that's something that me and you talked about because at the time I had a, I was working in a job where I was on the road a thousand miles a week. So I was driving a ton. And that was, I went from teaching where I'm on my feet all day long, walking around, constantly doing something to all of a sudden in the position where I was sitting. And so, yeah, whenever you came to me or we were talking about it, I, I was nervous because I didn't want, I, I thought if I just rotated wrong, it would just all come right back. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I can always appreciate when somebody's in as much pain as Brian was in, is having that trust it, it there it's a real responsibility to make sure that i mean i know what we're going to do is going to help you but there's a there's a big part of that is you trusting that and and um i was always really impressed with how how quickly you responded not just to the to the rehab and all that but that you you trusted it and and um what big reason why you're you're so successful in your recovery and and um, you've been you've been able to stay out of pain as as well. That's a big reason why. 
well, and I maybe for maybe a two month window in the past year and a half where I just didn't pay attention to anything and I paid for it a little bit and realized, nope, you need to do it. And it's, I'm constantly doing the exercises. It's a, it's a nightly routine for me. It's just part of my life. It's part of what I do. And I have definitely credited to the fact of not just my whole goal when we first talked was just to walk again. That's all I wanted to do. Here I am with two young kids and I've got my daughter coming to me at the time she was six and she's coming to me and she's going, daddy, your back hurts today, doesn't it? And I'm like, I don't want my kids to grow up thinking, Hey, daddy's back always hurts. And so my whole thing, when I first approached you was like, look, I know I have the history of golf, of course. Uh, but my whole goal is just walking again. And now here we are. I had my first full year of playing in four years. <laughs> yeah. And that's awesome. How did you play by the way? A lot better than I thought I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I know whenever I first started, I, so the funny thing is, is I progressed in the golf swing. I progressed everything knowing I didn't, again, it's that trust thing. We just talked about with trusting you with that rotation thing. It was the same thing with the golf swing. I was like, look, I was telling myself, me and you talked about it a lot. Uh, and, and it was like, start with quarter swings, start with half swings. Don't make impact for a while. So there's a lot of slow motion drills inside the house, which I love as a, a past instructor, the slow motion drills. A lot of people, it's funny whenever you tell them to go slow and they just whip it around full speed. Um, but that it's amazing what that did to my game because that took what I was already a pretty good wedge player and this year I was amazing with my wedges and I blame it on that <laughs> <laughs> which I'm glad because I still haven't figured out my driver this year I blame it on just everything that's been going on but you know score wise yeah I don't I, my goal what was it we talked in the spring and I had been playing and I was noticing I was shooting in the 70s again. And I was like, all right, can I get scratched by the end of the year? Um, we're in November. I, I'm not going to be that pompous guy who sits there and goes, I didn't make it because I'm at 0.5. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I played pretty well. Uh, I had a couple. I, it was interesting, though. So the biggest thing I noticed, and, and this is being a range rat, being someone who just I have almost more fun practicing the game than I do actually playing. Uh, I enjoy both immensely, but I love just the golf swing and the mechanics and working on it and practicing it. <laughs> I notice I can't do that as much with, <laughs> with all of this. And the fact that it, I learned, me and you talked about this, I learned that if I started to feel a little bit of pressure or a little bit of tightness in the hip, then I would back away and walk away from practicing. And that was, that was probably the hardest thing for me to get used to and started to realize like, look, I'm going to have to just play the game on the golf course and not as much on the range because I can't put that amount of practice that I used to into it. And that identification of, you know, what you're feeling in your body, that's something that you and I have talked about a lot. And that's something we're going to talk about again, probably in the next podcast, actually the next episode, we're going to talk about how specific, structures how you can have uh, say a restriction in your body in a specific muscle or a specific structure and how that can then cause a certain or specific uh, swing malady 
and being able to identify that, okay, man, I have this ball flight. Well, I know I have this issue with my hip and then being able to correct swing melodies by releasing or stretching or activating different muscles. But whether you have a disc injury, whether you have facet joint pain, non-specific low back pain, or if you're just looking to improve your game, the, the focus should be on your posture and fixing your posture does two main things. One is it allows you to play in practice more because you're not going to have as much wear and tear on your body. If you have good posture, you're going to be moving more efficiently and you're not going to be suffering from the aches and pains that most golfers suffer from, but also it increases your golf specific athleticism. It makes you faster, stronger, uh, increases your mobility, increases your coordination and all that then is going to increase or improve your, your ball striking. And so there's a few things I want you to do. First of all, subscribe to the podcast because Brian are going to be breaking down the golf swing, getting really geeky about all this. And I think it's going to really help you take your game to the next level. Also give us a follow on social media. The handle is at train fully. There's a few videos that I want you to watch on the YouTube channel. Uh, one is called fix low back pain. The other one is called um, low back pain solution. And in those videos, I take you through some techniques that can help improve your posture and improve your movement. Brian, thanks for joining us today or joining me today. And um, we'll chat with you real soon. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it.